This is episode number 371 with Scott Needham of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth, Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Barbara Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hey guys, Nathan here. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Smart Scout CEO and founder, Scott Needham. He's also the co-founder of a company called Buyboxer, and it's listed as one of the top 25 Amazon sellers in the world. And Scott's done over $250 million in Amazon sales. And today you're going to learn pretty much what it takes to see massive success with Amazon FBA. We've had a lot of people in our community really want to know how the hell you can build a business in this space. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump to the show. The first question that we ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job? Okay, how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? So... Um... I was, I graduated uh, with a software, actually a computer engineering degree. And, you know, I was doing the normal track, you know, working for some big tech companies. I was at Qualcomm for a little while. I actually got close to, to Google or Facebook. Like that was what, that was the track that I wanted was, you know, the serious tech companies. But then my brother, he took our family retail store, you know, just like a, had toys and books and he started taking some of those products and just sending it into Amazon, uh, specifically Amazon FBA fulfillment by Amazon. That's where they do the, uh, the shipping, which arrives to the customers in one to two days. And so it was his inventory. He was buying it, sending it into Amazon. And then, you know, he was just growing really fast. It, it proved to be very successful. And I was just watching, observing. He, he would ask me questions because I, uh, you know, had a technical background. But then after about a year of him doing it, you know, you could work real hard. You could work your butt off in a retail storefront and grow sales by 5%, 10% a year. You know, like that's, that's fairly normal. It's, but if you work your butt off in e-commerce, Amazon, you can double. 
you can triple. And that's kind of the growth that he was seeing. He was telling about his problems that he had. And I knew it was like, well, you just need automation. And in 2012, there was zero like uh, software tools out there to, to assist him in placing orders, figuring out what inventory to, to, to carry. He didn't have too much knowledge on how profitable he was. Because if you're uh, using Amazon's logistics, selling on their platform, there's these little fees that kind of add up. And so he just didn't, like, it would take him a lot of time to figure this out. He told me once that he spent 20 hours creating a purchase order. And I mean, uh, long story short, I jump in and partner with him and we built software that that 20 hour purchase order that happens in middle of the night with a computer. It takes the computer a minute or two and spits out a purchase order to uh, what would be our most profitable products to keep them in stock. Got you. Interesting. So that's when you started um, SmartScout? No. So um, SmartScout is a little bit further down on the road, but um, in 2012, sorry, I, I, I started in 2013 and we just grew and grew and grew and, you know, focused on the distribution. Uh, we actually have over a hundred employees uh, with the company Buyboxer. That's um, the kind of like the Amazon seller side of things. We started to partner with a lot of brands where we became their uh, exclusive seller. And in return, we helped them navigate the Amazon uh, channel where we offer a lot of services, whether like, you know, it's compliance issues with like making sure that the listings stay up and compliant with like Amazon's terms or uh, if, if they need help with like some of the logistics, getting things into Amazon uh, to get them into Amazon FBA. Like, there's a lot of prep work involved. So we spent years just growing that, but I was always kind of in the back end. You know, I'm the, I'm the software guy and building uh, some tools to just automate our inventory processes just to make sure that we can do things uh, in a timely, you know, effective, efficient way. Then we started to build software tools for other sellers. We, we built one and in 2019, about almost two years ago, we, we did sell uh, a business uh, that was helping audit uh, Amazon sellers. And so, you know, already we've, we've already been successful with one and, and it went on its way. Um, my brother actually joined that company that acquired it, but I stayed and ended up building another software tool called Smart Scout. There's a lot of Amazon software tools and I kind of knew there was a gap. I was like, no one's built something that does this. And what it does is it analyzes brands on Amazon and sellers in a way that uh, has, has yet to be done. And if, if anyone wants to like, kind of like see it, to like, there's, there's a free part of the tool. It's a seller map where I show you a map of sellers in the United States. You can see, you can jump in and see who's selling on Amazon in your neighborhood and how much they're selling. Take my hometown, Logan, Utah. That's where Buy Boxer is headquartered. I'm able to see there's probably, you know, 30 to 50 other sellers and I can see which ones are, you know, are successful, which ones are fairly large. And, and even down to the small guys and see their revenue. This, this is an estimate, of course. Um, 
and see the brands that they're selling. And, and it really, I, I launched this just six weeks ago, this, this part of the tool. And it's definitely done successful on its own right so much that like, you know, I'm investing probably more than half of my time uh, with Smart Scout right now. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, let's talk about your own brands to start with. Like how, like how, how, how did that come all about and, and talk us through it? So, um, you know, when you uh, talk about selling on Amazon, the community may be divided. I don't know the size, but like there's very much two different types of Amazon sellers. Those that would consider themselves like retailers or um, wholesale, they, they're kind of like, you know, buy low, sell high. Those are like, they're not their own brands, you know? Um, and then there's the uh, private label where they're more of like building, you know, uh, they source often in China and, you know, bring these products to market and go direct to consumer. And I have a lot of experience with both. I've, I've done way more volume in the wholesale, uh, you know, uh, brand partnerships. And uh, let's see, in private label, my own company's private label, we're doing about $4 million a year. So, but the thing is, is that private label is actually more valuable to us in terms of an intellectual property. Like um, we could sell that business. And it's, whereas a retail operation, you know, buy low, sell high, it's harder to just like say this, this outside of the cash flow that you've got, it's hard to say that like, this is really valuable. There's not, there aren't like, uh, a lot of businesses that are looking to acquire, you know, uh, kind of a, a retail wholesale business. Whereas a private label, there is so much energy in uh, last year because of uh, probably because of COVID. Uh, I think about $3 billion was raised among about 30 different groups to buy private label businesses. Wow, interesting. So just for context for the audience, what does private label mean? Private label is essentially your own uh, private brand. Um, so like, you know, direct to consumer, I would kind of say it's akin to like, you know, a Shopify direct to consumer site where like you own the trademark, you own, um, you know, uh, you have the relationship with the manufacturer whether you are the manufacturer or not, it's your relationship. So it's it's basically a brand that sells on Amazon. Yeah, direct 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 to consumer. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And um, your private your private label that's not called buy box, is it? Um, no, our private label uh, is called Upstreet, and it is a separate entity. And but. It actually has a few brands of its own. Uh, for example, if you, I mean, if you if you go on on Amazon and just search Upstreet, you'll see a few of those products. But um, we, it's got a few other sub brands, so to speak. You know, uh, just to uh, maintain coherency. Got you. So, so what are the products that you sell? So, um, the, if you were to search for metronome, uh, there's a, it's Tempe. This is like, that's the brand Tempe, uh, this metronome, like that's our product. Um, we have, uh, the top dinner bell on Amazon. Dinner bell. <laughs> yeah. You know, you search dinner bell, you'll see upstreet, um, there 
we sell well, actually we have a lot of auto repair products under the Shankly brand. It's kind of like we threw a few things at, you know, we just threw a few things in the marketplace and whatever stuck, um, we've continued to build more into that. You know, like you're like, okay, this metronome, it's selling. Um, and so we started to make better images, uh, start advertising it a little bit more. And now it's got good organic placement. You know, if I were to differentiate uh, selling on Amazon versus Shopify, on Amazon, because of the huge amount of traffic, if you can get organic placement on their search engine, um, you just get a lot of sales without any work. You could, you could pull the plug on your advertising and you've got a, a, a predictable, regular business. Yeah, I see. So, um, yeah, I'd love to delve a, little, delve a little bit deeper into that. So, like, let's just say... Someone's interested in this potential vehicle to start or grow a business, right? So they've got a Shopify store, they're selling on Shopify and they want to start selling the products on Amazon or the alternative, they want to start a business from scratch and they want to start with Amazon FBA. The Shopify store is, is very easy, turnkey, like it's um, setting up an account and then getting your products into Amazon FBA. So there's a little bit of like, you know, you got you to gotta ship it in there. Um, put together a product page, it's nothing harder than you've done on Shopify in terms of like the content, you know, getting, getting the right images and maybe a little bit of text descriptions and, and then getting your products into that distribution center. And that's, once you have that, you're good enough to go. There's a lot of things you can do to optimize from there, but like you can sort of, you, you can start to get sales. And particularly if, you know, your brand is successful, people are probably already searching for your brand on Amazon. People sometimes they'll go onto a branded website and be like, okay, you know, here I am looking at this. Well, I just want to shop on Amazon because it's, I know I'm, I, I trust it. So uh, people prefer that checkout process. I found myself doing that. You know, I, I go on Nike's store, look at some like good shoes I type in Nike on Amazon and there's the this exact shoe and the exact size and it's two day shipping. I just know it done. Yeah. Got you. Okay. Well, um, let's start with like, let's just say product selection. Let's just say someone wants to go all, like all in starting with Amazon. How do you, how do you work out what product to sell? And that seems to be the hardest part, right? You can use tools to help you select products or you can use your own gut and start to learn some of the, uh, the indicators that are in front of most Amazon shoppers. Let's uh, say you're going to compete. Uh, let's say you jump into, uh, what's a good uh, segment? I mean, we can just talk about dinner bells. This is a product that, that we have. I'm not worried if people try and come and jump in, like good luck. So you can jump on and just type in dinner bell and see the products that have good reviews and that are ranked really high and those that don't and kind of see if you can make an improvement either design or whatever and if you feel like you can improve something like uh that's worthwhile um you do want to find a you do want you don't want to create a new category if, if if i don't see traffic on on some search terms 
like if, if there were no products in dinner bell, uh, if I searched in dinner bell and there was like nothing there with like, there were, maybe there was a few like bad products with only five reviews. I'm going to tell myself, I'm like, Hmm, there's not a lot of traffic here. People aren't searching for this on Amazon. So, um, sometimes you, you find the traffic first uh, of a subcategory that you like, and then, um, you, uh, you do want to, uh, you do want to improve like the marketplace. You need to, you need to say to yourself at one point, like, Oh, I think I can do better here. And, and that's it. Once you, that's the, that, that's like the idea. There's all sorts of methodologies that people talk about to, to select a good product, but, um, that some of them are not quite as necessary as, uh, as just that, you know, um, there's tools that people have. They're like, Hey, you know, I use this tool and I look for things in this uh, segment. Um, what I mean by that is like, I look for products that have, you know, anywhere from 100 to 500 reviews and then, and then there only needs to be, there can only be th up to three of those products. If there's more than that, then I feel like it's too saturated. People come up with all these methodologies, but at the end of the day, I feel it's probably similar to how someone chooses a, a, a product, say if they're going to sell it on Shopify. Well, what's that methodology? I am certain a similar methodology would work for selecting a product on Amazon. Um, and then from there, you know, that's when you start to like, okay, I need to start talking to manufacturers. And that's where you just use like Alibaba or something. Yeah. Um, that's a good, that's a good starting point. Um, I think Alibaba is good. I would recommend someone, uh, even from the very beginning, talk to a sourcing agent. That's someone on the ground. It could be someone on the ground in China. Um, our private label, the reason we're able to like manage multiple products is we have one sourcing agent that talks to about 10 different manufacturers. And this is someone that kind of advocates on our behalf. They speak the local language and they negotiate with the manufacturers of like, hey, I've got a buyer that is looking at this product. Can you give me, um, you know, how, how much per unit? Doing all that negotiating. And then they present us with like three different options. You're like, okay, factory A, their product looks like this. And uh, they charge five, you know, their minimum order quantity is 200 units. And it's, you know, $5 a unit. So often it's less than that, but like, that's kind of the, that's how we uh, test the water, like uh, start to, uh, when we're launching products, that's what we look for. Got you. And then um, talk to me around kind of like, as I said, you see a lot of advertising, you see a lot of people talking about how easy it is to make a lot of money on Amazon. Is it really that easy? Like, like, um, yeah, I'd love to know because obviously you've, uh, you generate hundreds of millions of dollars off the platform. Like, is it easy to identify hot products? Like how, how many times do you have to like go for it? Like, yeah, I'm really curious. It's the easiest hard thing to do <laughs> or like vice versa. Like, are there some things that are easy about this? Absolutely. Because um, your success will scale on Amazon. Like the logistics, that the, the fact that Amazon does all the shipping for you wow, is that like an unlock? You know, you get a successful product. It's about as much work for me on a product, whether I sell 10 units a month 
or 10,000 units a month, I do the same amount of like, it, I do the same amount of work. Yeah, wow. But there's some very hard things about it. It does take time to work with the manufacturer to, to figure out the logistics of getting that product into the US. Um, it does uh, take entrepreneurship to uh, go to market, get those first sales, and then grow from there. Like you said, there are many uh, courses. There's probably 50 courses, I bet you, if we go out there, of people uh, trying to tell you how to follow their framework. And I believe most of them are very well-intentioned and they actually give you fairly uh, reasonable advice. But, I mean, it couldn't give you a head start. I'm not like... Uh, pushing people for or against them, but then how real is this opportunity? So that's actually one thing, like, you know, talking to me is kind of very different because I built Smart Scout. I can tell you, you know, um, that there are about uh, 50,000 sellers on Amazon that are doing a million dollars a year in revenue. And the gurus are gonna tell you a million dollars of revenue is a million dollars of profit. Like that, that's just like kind of the way that they sound like, oh, I do over a million dollars. You know, I did a I did million dollars last year. Like that's not profit. You know, profit margins are anywhere from like 10 to 25, 35%. And true brand builders are usually taking that profit back into the brand. So the opportunity is absolutely there. The growth potential is absolutely there. Um, but failure is still possible. Like I know a lot of people that have, uh, you know, they've given up, they've, they've, they've quit uh, because, you know, they followed steps one through 10 and something there didn't work. And so they, get, they, they, they give up. It is very much akin to other parts of e-commerce where you got to like, you have to have a good offer. You have to have a good product, something that people want. Here, my brother owns a company, uh, a friendship bracelet maker kit. It's popular. Kids like it. They have a unique design. They they put um, time and effort to design. You know, this this little kit uh, that makes friendship bracelets, and you know, in December they do over a million dollars in revenue, and they do have really good profit margins because you know they have. Uh, just a, honestly, a good product that they actually put, uh, they have a, a patent around it. Ah, okay. So it's defendable. You know, it's, uh, so the more, the more of these like, you know, uh, intellectual property assets that you can build around, uh, the better. Um, Amazon is just one avenue of, uh, of to, to do e-commerce. And it happens to be Amazon is roughly about 50% of e-commerce. Like uh, comparatively to all the, you know, if you were to add up everyone else, they're about the size of Amazon. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. 
you should come and check out our new podcast from Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in-the-trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. Talk to me around, like, let's just say you found a product that you believe you can improve upon. Um, You believe that there's a market because there's other products out there in this market, but you, you believe you can build something better. Two days ago, I came across one that I was like, I said yes to this. I was like, um, if you were to go on Amazon right now and type in baby yoga mat, yep. there is one product uh, listing. There's one page where I'm like, okay, they did it right. But what's actually really cool about that is, um, no, sorry, not baby yoga. It's actually yoga mat for kids. Um, what's really cool about that is you can build... Uh, different designs of a similar format. You know, um, what I would do is I would create uh, just some, you know, new graphics or like new things that like, uh, I mean, these, some of this might be licensed, but like if you did like a yoga mat with Spider-Man on it, you know, like there's going to be someone that like is just going to want that. But like, you know, I probably, I don't have as much experience with licensed uh, uh, stuff, but I would just create, designs that I knew kids would like and just market it as yoga mats for kids. I I know there's room uh, for this segment to grow. There wasn't a lot of great competition. There was one, one good person doing it, but there can be up to five people successfully doing this. Interesting. Okay. So yoga mats for kids, you see an opportunity, um, you find a, you, you go to your sourcing agent, you find a sourcing agent um, you find a MOQ, minimum order quantity. Uh, you probably got to do 3,000 units. You, you can do much less than that, two to 500 units. Okay, two to 500 units. Uh, you place the order. Uh, it'll cost you five grand, sub five grand, let's just say it hypothetically. Um, then it's going to take six weeks for the product to be ready. Where do you send it? What, like, do you send it to Amazon in the, U- where in the US, where, where do you send it? Where, how does that work? Yeah. So, um, you know, you have a seller account, you create the product page in Amazon and you tell Amazon, I want to send in 200 units. They're like, great. Here's your shipping label. Uh, here's the prep requirements. Uh, a yoga mat probably wouldn't have prep requirements, but like, if it's like, got glass on it. If it's apparel, it has to be bagged. Like there's like uh, uh, things that it needs to be uh, e-commerce ready. Uh, it needs to be ready to sit on a shelf and then be e-commerce ready. But a yoga mat, I'm sure, doesn't need too many things. And so you, you go onto Amazon, they give you those shipping labels and an address and you slap it on. Um, there's a few different ways to do this. You can just ship it to your house and uh, then, you know, if you don't have any warehousing, uh, my, my, my cousin did this. He just shipped a bunch. He actually launched pickleball paddles, shipped them to his house, 
and box them up and ship that in bulk to Amazon's fulfillment center. So you don't have to That's send it. to multiple fulfillment centers to be able to handle, you just send to one in East Coast or one in West uh, Coast or? Sometimes, actually Amazon dictates where you send it and how much you send. And that changes. Sometimes you send to one fulfillment center, sometimes you send to three fulfillment centers. But more and more now we're finding Amazon just has us send it to one and then Amazon in their, like, the thing is, is like Amazon in their own network, they split it out across the country. Got you. Okay. Interesting. So you drop your five grand, you set up your seller account, six weeks. What do you do in those six weeks to get this product ready to be sold so you can get sales on the first day or, or, or your ranking in the search queries? Like how does all that side of stuff work? Um, uh, you can set up a, a PPC campaign within Amazon. So say someone types in yoga mat for kids, we are going to pay for the top placement. And maybe it's about a dollar per click, but this is a way to get, you know, some initial sales. Uh, so I would set up, you know, a little bit of PPC. I wouldn't go crazy on that. There's at off Amazon marketing that you can do as well. And then that's where things get, you know, kind of like crazy. I can tell you what we're doing right now. Um, we are working with micro influencers. We give people with, you know, smaller followings. Um, we give them a uh, hundred, $200 uh, to promote a product. And uh, we're, we're working with like about five and we're trying to generate you know, if we only, if we generate about 20 to 30 sales, that's success to me. Um, cause that will give us a few reviews. Yep. We, we really want to get those first few reviews. Like once you get more than the more reviews you have, the more that a consumer is going to trust your product. And so I think I kind of went past your, your question a little bit, you know, how to get your first sale. The answer is just like marketing, uh, whether it's a pay-per-click or, uh, you know, some sort of influencer, uh, some sort of social, get yourself in front of groups, you know, get yourself in front of like, is there, is there a Facebook group for uh, yoga enthusiasts for kids? Well, get in front of them. Love it. And then you said one thing that's really powerful about Amazon is if you rank though, and you don't have to use outside marketing. And I think that is a big yes. attraction that there's a platform of buyers looking, potentially looking yep. for the products that you sell. So what is the magic there? Is it actually as easy as people say to rank? Is it, or is it quite difficult and sophisticated? I'm sure you have some next level ways to, to approach that. Uh, I would never say it's easy, but the better your product and the higher the conversion rate that you're achieving, the easier it gets. So uh, for example, this yoga mat for kids, the better those designs on the yoga mats, that, that matters long-term. But I think to get, to get on the first page of yoga mat for kids, to get on that first page, that's not too hard. It, um, Cause that's why I saw it as an opportunity. You know, I bet you if I, I put together a budget of a thousand dollars for PPC marketing, we can get on the first page. And you want to be like in the top one though, right? Top five is good enough. You'll, you'll, you'll get a lot of sales. It's, it's a browsable product and top three. I, if, if I was third, I would, I, um, 
I wouldn't consider that a failure at all. <laughs> top five is success. Like you're, you're there. Yep. And what about the idea that you can't, you can't capture the customer's data. So when someone buys off Amazon, like one of your products, you don't get their details, correct? That's absolutely correct. Um, you've done your homework. You know uh, a little bit of the, that is, uh, I can honestly say a weakness of Amazon, you know, and what you own on Amazon is probably something different. You own that organic placement and those reviews. And that is valuable. Yes. You can reach out to customers. You can do customer service, but this is anonymized, so to speak. You don't have that customer data. You can't upsell them. Yes, correct. I can't launch a new yoga mat and immediately reach that person that I've already converted, um, which is like on Shopify. I'm, I have to imagine that's like step, you know, two and three is like, well, once you got one customer, you know, you, 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 you can upsell and, and really build out a brand. And on Amazon, you don't get that. But what you do gain is uh, just, you know, uh, free traffic and bring back to uh, a point that I talked about a little bit earlier. Like I can show you plenty of articles of like companies bragging about how much money they've raised to buy Amazon FBA companies. In fact, uh, the one that's most notable uh, they're called Thrasio, Thras.io. Uh, they've raised about a billion dollars. They have a $3 billion valuation. And num- what they do is buy Amazon companies. And they're buying them at anywhere from a three to a six X multiple off of their profit. And that's that's that that's their wheelhouse. They're trying to be a Procter and Gamble of Amazon. Just kind of have like, you know, just a whole slew of brands. And they've already they've already purchased a hundred companies. They announced that just like last week. Yeah, fascinating. Um, so you look there. There is of course value created, right? It's like if you have a blog and most of your traffic comes from Google, you're inherently beholden to the search engine or the platform to drive traffic. Um, but there is still value created and you are still building an asset. Um, so yeah, no doubt about it. Um, I just got to ask the questions because these are questions that I've been personally curious around. Um, no, 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 you're asking some of the right questions. Yeah, okay. So then the next question is, um, I'll give you some context. Uh, so my partner, she uh, runs an e-commerce business, started on Shopify and uh, was listed on Amazon. Now, this was this has been an interesting journey because there's so many now replica, like blatant ripoffs of the product on Amazon. Um, and it's it's quite problematic, which is the first part. But yes. let's 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 not talk about that. Let's not, let's not talk about that. But I wanted to share that with con- for context. But yep. the backstory was she was listed on Amazon, was fulfilling from home or other fulfillment centers, not by Amazon. So using the marketplace, but fulfilling herself via, via other three PLs or herself from home. But the problem was was the customers were so 
particular, uh, they were getting extremely frustrated if there was a little speck on the bottle or like, like in the markings, like this is the bottle here, as you can see, right? It's a time-marked water bottle. Um, it, was, it was crazy. And I got nothing to do like with, with Emily's business, but I kind of help her where I can. And um, one thing that I took away was like Amazon customers are very snooty. Uh, they have a very, very high expectation um, like and the smallest thing, even the slightest thing, they will they will want to refund. They'll want to return, and uh, yeah, it was it was quite quite difficult to work through. So in the end, it was it Emily made the call. It was more trouble than it was worth. So she pulled the product off Amazon, and I'd love to hear your take around yeah. the customers and that um, side of things. Do you resonate with what I'm saying? And no, yeah. Okay, another unlock with Amazon FBA is the uh, the logistics side of things. They take full ownership. If the Amazon complained or was worried about like, hey, the product hasn't arrived yet, or um, you know, even customer support in that, Amazon handles that. That's if you um, use FBA though. She was not. Yeah, and um, like I'm being honest here and I could show you my messages, we probably get about two messages per thousand orders. That's because on Amazon FBA, we find most of it, like they, if it's anything to do with logistics, the product arriving damaged, the uh, like, uh, not the product quality. If it's about the product quality, we have to deal with that. Yep. But the, the whole shipping experience, Amazon handles that. We don't see any of that. I've been selling for eight years, very, very little complaints. Um, but uh, customers can message you directly about uh, the product. And you do want a good product because people are going to review it on an open, you know, thing. And I have, I have seen products tank, you know, they get down to three stars and that's not good. Um, but by and large, you know, uh, we're selling the products and they do what they say that they do what we say they're going to do and never have had too negative of an experience. Uh, eventually these product pages start to flesh out that uh, customer experience. That's what you'll see in the reviews. You know, um, you could take uh, any product, for example, start to dive into the reviews and you're going to start to see these questions answered like, can you use this? Can an adult use this yoga mat? Someone's wondering. And so someone's going to say, there's a section in Amazon pages for questions. There's a section there for reviews and there may be a negative review. And um, sometimes the negative reviews are right. The product does not meet their expectations, but um, products that do, you know, they're going to usually average around a four to 4.5 star rating. Um, I've, we've got a baby brand that we partner with. Their products round to five-star ratings across the board. People like it. Um, I have rarely seen um, uh, negative experiences like what you're just describing, where the customers are like brutal to the seller in, in, in specifics. Uh, I wonder, I, I'd love to hear them talk more about it and see what could be the issue. 
it is worth a quick mention about um you know these these copies these counterfeits these uh knockoffs um it depends how blatant you're being ripped off but amazon has in the last two years in particular given more strength back to brand owners uh if you have a trademarked if you have a trademarked brand you can get uh what's called called um brand registry you get your brand registered with amazon and then all of a sudden like if you have people misusing your trademark uh selling counterfeits um uh, or even if they're violating intellectual property that you, you know, you can document, you can fire missiles away. You can, you can get people to shut down um, for that. And we do sometimes enforce. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, um, we have to work towards wrapping up, Scott, but this has been a really valuable interview. A lot of gold shared. And thank you for being uh, extremely transparent, even goes, going as far as recommending a hot product that you've found. Yeah, the yoga mats, we're not launching ourselves. Yeah, okay, awesome. So I guess the, the final questions that I'd ask to wrap up is like, um, yeah, like you've, you've learned, um, you know, you've learned a lot about this platform. You've, you've made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars from everything you've learned. What would the best pieces of advice be for anyone that's, you know, piquing their curiosity or interested in, in starting an Amazon FBA business? Well, uh, there's obviously a lot of great advice. Uh, the one thing is I would always respect Amazon's size. It really is, you know, like this is a company that uh, in terms of market cap has $2 trillion valuation. There are 50,000 sellers that uh, are doing about a million dollars a year. And that actually roughly translates to about 20 businesses a day start that will achieve that level of success. So that's the optimistic side. What's the grounded in reality side is that it is, I definitely don't think it's a get rich quick. Um, it is a, you know, you, you're building a business it is a channel, it's a marketplace to bring an, uh, you know, to bring your product to market. And like, there is just traffic there. When you've got the right product, um, you'll start to feel there are millions of people with their credit cards in Amazon ready to buy something that solves their problem. So um, like the size of the marketplace, it's there. Um, the, the challenge is, uh, getting enough of these small steps, right? Uh, you know, some of the marketing, some of that advertising, the images, getting those small steps, right. Uh, to build your brand. Um, and there's, uh, you know, a lot of hoops to jump, uh, but they're worth jumping. I was uh, just on the phone with a guy who, you know, built a successful brand and, he had a really hard time moving into some new marketplaces. He, he was moving into Europe because he, and he had to like sign, like he had to get notary signatures to get into Spain. He had to, you know, put in a lot of like company docs to get, you know, uh, to go through some of these tax compliance issues. But once he got there, he's like, wow, like the sales have started coming in because not a lot of other people jumped through these steps. It, it, it's obviously not like a luxurious business idea to think that, you know, the secret of success is jumping through hoops, but you know, it, it, it does, it does take 
uh, work, but like, I know, I mean, like, I, um, I'll, I'll happily show you product by product, like, you know, that uh, there, there is opportunity here. There's no question. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, look, thank you so much for your time, Scott. I won't uh, take any more of it, but this was extremely valuable. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, um, anytime, happy to, happy to talk. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.